Welcome to the vault where you can find the code to unlock your success. In this space, I invite real, inspiring and successful experts. We have eye-opening conversations about the way to reach your highest potential in life and in business. We will cover the mastery of mindset, energy, emotions, transformation, sales, marketing, thriving in business without losing your authenticity and balance. Hi, I'm Sonia Martinovic and host of The Vault, an entrepreneur, mindset mastery and online business coach with an obsession on real transformation. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs and other influencers master the mindset and build a successful and impactful business. Do you want to break free from your limitations and express your truest self in business and in life? Is growth your game and success your aim? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to the vault. Let's start cracking your code. And welcome to another episode of The Vault, where we level up. And this week, we have a serial entrepreneur. I'm so excited because the topics can go all way. And guys, you know, I love an organic interview. So I'm very excited to deliver this together with you. Patrick Precourt. He's a performance coach in leadership, life, and business. MMA enthusiast, husband, and dad, keynote speaker, and published author. Founder of NS Enterprises, real estate investments, and the Cage Fitness Center. In 2013, Precord Enterprises was launched, an organization focused specifically on improving human lives through thoughtful behavior change. So he has spent 15 years as an entrepreneur and in education and transformation. And the, the big thing is he really gets you to take constructive action. So the focus has been human behavior space, specifically on altering human behavior to produce desired results. And currently, Pat focuses exclusively on peak performance, altering the human behavior, creating change in habits, and producing results for his clients. Also included is a strong emphasis on physical health and well-being. What a well-rounded entrepreneur. He has a wonderful wife of 28 years, Tracy, three awesome kids, Patrick, Samantha, and Danielle. Welcome, Patrick. Welcome and thank you for that awesome intro. That's that's uh, it, you know it's, it's sometimes it's weird just listening to somebody else say things about you, but Absolutely. I'm like, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, but hey, I'll take it, you know. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is, and it's sometimes it's very hard to describe yourself in a, in a short bio, right? But it's it's very interesting, it, and and it's an interesting journey you have been on. Maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit more about your story and how you ended up here. Yeah, in, 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 in the, you know, in respect for time here, I'll go really, really quick, right? So yeah. my, my, you know, going back to, um, I don't know, go 25 years or 30 years ago, you know, um, from that point forward, I've always been a competitive athlete, spent a good part of uh, 16 years playing uh, competitive rugby. The last six, I got to play international rugby. And that, that created a lot of who I am today, because there's a lot you learn about yourself, a lot you learn about te- what I call teamness, right? Yeah. Uh, how you contribute to a team, uh, a lot you learn about leadership as you're put into different leadership roles. And I got to lead a, you know, a U.S. team for a while playing international. So it's really, really cool. A series of, of physical injuries leading to bad concussions that came to a screeching halt overnight, which meant that I was confronted with a change in identity, which was a struggle for me. And anyone who's ever you know been in any competitive sport, you see this a lot in professional athletes. 
athletes, you see these people coming out of the military and they're put back into a different environment and their identity is stripped to them. They're a little lost. And I was frankly lost because like all of us, right? We, we look in a mirror and we see a person looking back at us and I was no longer that person. So I struggled for a few years and, and it, between the concussions, which, which are let, you know, which are legitimate brain damage. And I was having uh, amnesia type issues with it long-term between that and trying to figure out who I was, it, it pushed me in a direction that I would have never gotten through without going through those hardships. And that's starting to understand the the brain and, and the, uh, how, how, how the mind can alter and change the brain and their neuroplasticity behind it and how we, mm. we can recover from brain injury, right? All And then parlay that into how does that affect our behavior? Yes. And how does that meld into emotions and feelings and beliefs? And now pour that all into the entrepreneurial world, right? Um, we opened a gym in 2012. And again, just by happenstance, as I was coming out of my trying to figure out who I was, I got involved in martial arts. Yeah. I've never followed it. Um, and stepped into the MMA fighting cage for the first time at 42 years old. Yeah. (laughs) No part of the process part. I look at it as a giant, uh, giant training ground to to force me to evolve and do I have to be right. Yeah. That got me to the gym space. Gym became a giant human laboratory for changing human behavior. Just, it's one of those very trackable, measurable spaces where you take a, a person who they want, they, they, they know what they want. They want to lose weight or get fit. They know how to do it. The how to do it is, is not the unknown in fitness, right? Exactly. Overall. <laughs> right. Free yeah, online. What to eat and how to eat and workouts. It's all free. So they know what to do. They know how to do it. They want the results, but they still can't get themselves to do it. Right. Yeah. So we started focus on closing the gap between where you are and where you want to be. And then that evolved more into closing the gap between where you are and who you're capable of becoming. Exactly. Right? That yeah. yeah. And that's kind of, you know, brought us up to where we are today. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. I love it. I also, you mentioned neuroplasticity and I wouldn't want to go very deep into it, but it's a very interesting topic, right? That you can actually change uh, patterns in your brain and it's a physical activities uh, are in addition to it. So, but what I'm most interested in, and because I asked some of the guests that talk about transformation, why do you think that it's so hard for people to change? I've so great question. And that's probably like the, the question of the ages, right? And I think there's a couple of reasons why. One, we're predisposed not to change. We all know that in order to grow, we have to change, but we're pre-wired to believe that change goes from good to bad. So in, at a subconscious level, we're automatically resistant to it. We leave the known into the unknown. And it's the, you know, the unknown is the foundation of everything we fear exists in the unknown. And in that is also an uncertainty, right? So yeah. naturally we, we automatically pull back. And part two is, and this one we, we, have, we have to really kind of think about the mind that got us here, right? Is not the same mind that will get us there. Something has to give. Yeah, right? old, you know, I'm sure you heard that book, like who moved my cheese that two. Little yeah, yeah, of course. With, yeah, you know, we did this for so long and the cheese was always at the end of this maze. And now it's not. Now, what do we do? One mice says, well, we keep showing up because it worked. What got us here got us there. And I, you know, I, I like to believe that, you know, if you carry the bricks from your past yeah. into the present, all you can do is rebuild the same damn house. Nothing's going to change. Yeah, exactly. Letting go of who we were. That is yeah. so difficult for us. Yeah, because people tend to, to ask them the, some, themselves the question, who am I? Always yeah. searching for that identity. So I think when you need to shift identities, 
it's becoming hard when you when you get stuck in between, right? So <laughs> you don't want to be the old self, but then again, who is this new self? And can I even imagine this? And can I even do all of this, right? Why you brought up that question, right? Yeah. Because it's one of the questions I warn people about never to ask themselves, who am I? And, and here, no. here's why, Simon. And I'm sure you know this, right? When I ask, when I look in the mirror and I go, who am I? All I can do is look over to my shoulder and look into my past as to where I've been, right? And yeah. all that can do is bring me up to where I am. Yeah. But that's not what I want. I want to go somewhere else. The question we got to ask ourselves, like almost every day, is who do I need to become yeah. in order to do these things I got to do in order to have these things I want to have? And that opens us up to a world of possibilities and a world of answers. Whereas who am I only gets us to as far as we've come. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And when it comes to entrepreneurship, that can be a crazy ride too, right? <laughs> and as a serial serial entrepreneur, and, and a lot of the time, there is a lot of inner work required. But what do you feel that, that has been most useful for you when it comes to achieving success with your business? What's been most... Business. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's... And again, this just has to do with our inhibiting fears around the things we don't know. And you know, when we, when we, just, when we fear the unknown, we fear loss, judgment, failure, the what if, all those kind of things, right? And it's the uh, recognition that the answers that I need, that I so deeply desire, you know, in order to be successful can only be had by me going first, me taking an action, me being mm. the causation, me affecting the universe, and then listening to what the universe feeds back and I alligate it to, you know, like a GPS in a parking lot. Right. We've all done this. We use a GPS to get, get to a location or somehow some, someplace we've never been to. Right. And then yeah. a couple hours later we go to leave and we hop in a car and we put in our go home address, but it's not telling us which way to turn. We're like, just tell me to go left or right out of the parking lot. Yeah. Challenges we're sitting still and the, you know, the, the gods of the satellite world can't even see us. So it's got <laughs> nothing to give us. It requires yeah. us to go first, yeah. but, the second we go, even if we go left or right, doesn't matter because it's going to give us exactly the information we need to get home in the shortest path possible. Yeah. So bring that over into the entrepreneurial world. We got to stop sitting. We have to go. We have to take action. We have to go, even though we don't know all the answers and, and stop waiting to be fully prepared. And that that to me has, and I believe me, I'm human. I still struggle with this just like anyone else. Right. Up and until I remind myself that the GPS is not going to get you home as you sit in the park lot, you'll yeah. sit there. And and the one thing you want get to get home will forever elude you because you're unwilling to go first. We got to go first. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I love that. And I love that. I hope that brings a lot of people to take action and to do it today and take the present moment to take action. But in, in a real case, it's, 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 is it only about postponing or not going first? And I know you have this, what is it? It's, it's a membership group. And then you have a monthly where you interview also people who are massively su successful, but they have failed like major times before that or multiple times before that. So could you tell a little bit about that? Because that's very interesting for people to do take action, to fail forward. So there's another piece to it, right? So yeah. one of it is just an understanding that there's, you know, we, we, we put a, a, a negative connotation around failure, right? So let's just reframe that. And, you know, all our action causes a reaction. No matter what the reaction is, it moves us forward. It tells us exactly what to stop doing or exactly what to start doing. Either one, good insight. So let's get over the idea that 
um, we're going to fail by, by making left turn when we should have went right. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't work like that, but there is a common denominator, um, in these people that I interview and it takes a little digging and, and sometimes they don't even realize it, but over time I found it just to be in every single one who's re-success to be a common denominator. And it's their willingness to delay gratification, mm, and which is completely in one. conflict <laughs> with the way we operate today. You know what I mean? Everybody wants immediate gratification in everything they do. And yeah. the challenge with that is that we'll only do things that, that we know will get us to, um, you know, something positive, which often means a shortcut with very little reward, but we're unwilling to go in for the, the, the long play and take risk along the way. And those who yeah. succeed have uh, committed to the long-term play. And it's, it's no different than, you know, we'll go back to like weight loss, right? Uh, immediate gratification is eating that cupcake in front of you because you're yeah. immediately rewarded in the flavors that it provides to you. Yeah. Um, delayed gratification is no putting that aside having a, you know, a healthy a piece of fruit instead over an extended period of time. And guess what? You do this straight for, for one year and yeah, you'll lose 25 pounds and not even yes. notice. It, yes. You know? It's the so compounding it's a, effect. <laughs> it's the willingness to delay gratification in order yeah. to, to, to achieve and to succeed in what you want to do that I find is a common denominator and it's yeah. not a common characteristic today. Yeah, but it is this generation, right? Also, it's this generation. Uh, there is so much, is, there is a flood of information. We're actually being triggered every single time. And I, uh, at some point, I just say I'm offline, even if every everything burns Smart. and crashes tonight, just to, to make sure that I'm not hitting that dopamine of checking things out and reading more information and just being, right? Yeah. So, um. I, I watched an amazing YouTube video from you when it comes to achievement versus fulfillment. And it was really profound and powerful. So could you tell a little bit of achievement and what it can cost you versus fulfillment and what the right sequence is to actually do it? Sure, sure. So here's the cool thing about this. And, and I know you know this too, Simon. You can have your cake and eat it too in this case. You can have both fulfillment and achievement. So let's just define fulfillment as the measurables or you know, how a lot of entrepreneurs measure success, you know, from bank accounts to the size of your house to cars to clothes to the people that you actually put yourself in front of, things like that, right? They're very tangible, measurable things, a career, whatever it may be. And those are good, right? But when we set those type of goals and we don't have guardrails to um, to protect us along the way, we can make the wrong decisions in achieving those goals. Mm. When you put a set of guardrails in, right? This is okay. Same goals, same timeline, but we have to play by these rules, which means that we make a, a we make a set of decisions in a very sane environment, sane meaning and non emotionally elevated environment. What's our code personally in our business? How, how are we going to roll, right? And this yeah. speaks to our character and our the valued things we value and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Now we can put up in front of us our achievements. These are measurables, but they're not what we really want. Here's, here's a big takeaway for people that you have to understand, right? The money is not what you really want. The, what the money can do for you and how it makes you feel, that's what you want. Define that, understand that. Money is great because it's easy to measure, It just shows us if we're on track or off track. That's it. Nothing else. House, car, clothes, whatever it may be. Those are good. But what does it do for you? And oftentimes what you find out, right, is it's not even the vanity on the outside that, you know, we're so attracted to. We we realize, man, 
by the time I've got, I've built a business like that, that's producing that type of revenue and allowing me these, these achievements, it means I've become someone, right? That I've become a disciplined focus, uh, uh, um, a, a great leader, right? I've become yeah. someone I wasn't. And that's what we really wanted in the first place. These are just yeah. ways to measure it. That all falls under achievement. Now, fulfillment's a little different. Right, fulfillment is kind of. Uh, uh, let me let me let me explain fulfillment as it relates to um, happiness, right? Because oftentimes we sneak in the word happiness here, and then um, and then everybody out there goes, "Oh, happiness is an inside job." I'm like, "Well, tell me it's an inside job when somebody close to you passes away, yeah. right? Yeah. Something external at that moment outside of you affects your happiness." Yeah. And this is life. Happiness is affected by external events, right? And you can be happy and sad in the same day, right? Happy is an emotion that goes up and down. And the, 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 the magic of it is we do need to feel sad in order to understand happiness. You need Yeah, to- exactly. <laughs> so there, one is not good and one is not bad, right? Because it's in the contrast in life that we actually experience life. Now, if happiness now is an outside thing, which it is, what's on the inside? And I call that our, our inner peace. That's where our fulfillment lies. This is where even when we're sad on the outside, on the inside, we're still steady. We're good. We're at peace with ourselves. Okay. And that's what we have to define long before we start putting up these big KPIs and measuring the achievement and success in life. I met a guy Sonny, who was, he was referred to me and I'll make this story really short, right? right? He had retired from uh, uh, building a business, took him 14, 12 or 14 years to build it, sold it for like 130 something million dollars. So more million, more, more dollars than most of them would even know what to do with, right? Uh, sold it two years ago and it's been on a downhill slide ever since. He's miserable. Mm. And the reason he was miserable because he sold himself on the idea that if he sacrificed enough for 12 or 14 years, gave up enough, didn't the discipline, the focus, the hard work, the, the, the all of that kind of stuff, right? And and made at work and achievement number one. Yeah. Then when he got there, he'd finally be happy. But in that time, he burnt through three marriages, two sets of, of kids. All of his friends were gone. And he got there. And guess what wasn't there for him? Happiness. Happiness and yeah. completely unfulfilled. And then he tried buying his way out of it and drinking his way out of it and drugging his way out of it and everything else. And it was just going further and further and further down the tube, right? When he could have had everything if he just put a set of guardrails in place, right? My non-negotiables in life. So you can achieve and be 100% fulfilled along the way. Um, it's just a matter of how you lay out that plan to begin with. Does that explain it all or make it more? Confusing? Oh, yes. And I'm loving it. I think it's such an important message, right? There is so much talk about achievement and how to get the results. And what if you end up there and you know exactly where you want to be? And then you notice it's still not happening for you. Yeah. <laughs> There's the money, right? You think it buys it freedom, it buys all of that. But it's the worst thing if you get all of it and you work so hard for it to realize you're not there. So I think fulfillment and then achievement is the right sequence. And guys, I hope you're really listening in. <laughs> okay, another, <laughs> another important question. Um you, you help people also find their purpose or their passion, right? Something that really helps them ignite the fire in and really thrive, right? So a lot of people, also the people that I've been working with and, and coaches have a lot of difficulties defining that passion. Why is that? What is the big block? 
Yeah. So, and again, I, I don't claim to be like the expert in this space, right? Mm-hmm. But I've been on this earth for 54 years and I've worked with a lot of really amazing human beings. And I have just, th- th- I'll sum it up this way. This is what I found, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as we get older, we get, we get a little more focus on like, why am I here? What's my purpose? What's my passion, right? Yeah. I'll tell you what will we'll put out the flame to your passion. That's you being someone you're not. I know that for a fact. That, that part's pretty lock solid, right? The second we start trying, the second we get up every day and dress to be that person we think they think we should be, we get further away from our authenticity and our authenticity or our passion is rooted in us being us, right? Those God-given innate skills and talents that are so uniquely put together just for us. When we push them aside, it's impossible to wake up in a passion state, right? So that, that's part one. Part two is this, right? Um, as we get further along, our 40s and our 50s, right? Maybe in our 60s, we get really bent. All right, well, what's my purpose? And the challenge I found is that we get so focused on it, we start chasing it. We all know the truth in this story, right? Yeah. That, that what you chase runs. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's not about you having to know your purpose. Maybe it's about a life of discovery. And at the right time, it'll come to you. But you're focusing on the wrong thing. You're focusing on knowing your purpose when, in fact, the only way you'll ever get there is to discover life at at its fullest. So instead of focusing on what is my purpose, focusing on how do I experience life at a bigger, grand, or more impactful way? And and frankly, that, that word right there is kind of the answer. How do we impact this world in a better way, right? Yeah. That's where we start becoming more fulfilled. We get more back from it. You know, I have this belief that the universe overlooks everything and it's it's ruthlessly generous and ruthlessly willing to help us out in anything that we endeavor. Yeah. Provided it knows what we're doing, right? Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> scattered all over. We're chasing different rabbits, right? Yeah. And it has no idea what we're doing. Or we're stuck in a parking lot, afraid to make the move. We're like, they're like, ah. I got nothing for you. (laughs) Can't help you out, you know? Yeah, Uh, exactly. Exactly. So just trying things out. Right. And I talked to a a colleague, a coach of mine, and she was, I need to get more clear on my vision, (laughs) you know? And then it's just like, sometimes we're not all visionaries, right? We don't always have this clear picture of what it looks like. It's just like a feeling. And you might even borrow someone's vision if you feel really aligned with it. Right. And just go with it and go in that direction. And I love that advice when I when I heard that um, and I, I gave it to her and I'm loved that you are giving your advice too. but talking about advice and business. What is the number one tip, best business advice you ever got in all these years? Yeah. So, again, at the time, didn't know it. Right. But like like most great bits of advice, they you know, as you go back and relive the experience, they resonate. So this I mentioned, I, I uh I stepped in the MMA fighting cage for the first time when I was 42 years old. Right. Yeah. And this is a, I had never even watched the MMA. It's not part of the plan. It's one of those things that just, just happened it played out with a whole bunch of different stuff. So anyways, I'm sitting in the locker room. It's about 11 o'clock at night and I'm all gloved up and, and taped up and ready to go. And there's no one in the locker room. It was pretty dark in there. And my entire team was out at the cage because there's one of our guys were fighting. We had eight people fighting that night, big promotional night for some UFC guys. Long story short, guy walks in there. His name was Mikey Burnett. I had no idea who he was, never met him, never knew he was a fighter or anything like that. And he leaned into me, Sonia leaned into me. He goes, I'm going to tell you something that's you not going to help tonight, 
But going forward, you'll look back on this moment. He was 100 right. I'm saying, Mike, can you just get out of here? I'm busy. I'm a little, I'm a little, a little mentally freaked out about what's going to happen in a few minutes here. I got shit to worry about. You know, that's what I wanted to say to him, right? And that's what's going through my head. And yeah. then he goes, you know what? You're worrying about a fight out in that cage, and that's not the fight you should be worried about. You should be worried about the fight that's going on inside your head right here, right now. You win it or lose it in the locker room. You play it out in the cage. When you walk out of here, you'll have a belief in your head how this is going to go. And all you're going to do then is play out what you've already chosen to do. You've got to win this fight first in order to win that fight there. And that resonated so much with me later on as I related to all aspects of life, right? We get yeah. to choose the outcome. Yeah. And that establishes a belief. And once that belief is, is, is locked in, that, that is hard to alter, right? Whether it be the right belief or the wrong belief. You know, we've heard this a thousand times. You believe you can or you believe you can't. Either way, you're right. And that's why I say, you know, this whole mindset world and, you know, people look at me as like, oh, he's a mindset guru, except for the fact that mindset is a, is a lag indicator of your belief system. Yeah. You can't fix a bad belief with a mindset solution. Yet we try to do it all the time. Yeah. Right? I'm yeah. going to be positive. I'm going to have this, this, this board up here with all the cool things I want. None of that. Yeah work until we get to understand what are our real beliefs and and what can we do about them which ones work for us which ones don't which ones work for us great to get us here but don't work so much for us going forward so that that's without a doubt that that one has changed things for me and how how hard did you find it to change some beliefs were there like stuck beliefs or something that just oh yeah imprinted to say so because i've experienced that there's i'm human i got an ego You know, and yeah, I, have beliefs, I have a big one. <laughs> beliefs are a big part of that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we've yeah. got to get so, Sonia, and I, and I know you'll get this completely right. Yeah. Share with people that every morning, you know, when we look in the mirror, we, we take a moment, we look in the mirror, we see someone looking back at us, right? Mm. And we, we have an image about that. We cannot outperform that person looking back at us. Nothing we can do. The only way we can outperform that person, which includes belief systems and mindset and decisions, all that kind of stuff. The only way we can do that, man, is to turn up our thermostat, our internal thermostat a little. But each morning, instead, what we do when we wake up, we act like a thermometer. We measure the, the current temperature, which is the same damn temperature it was yesterday. We're the same person. Whereas, yeah. in fact, the only way to make something different is we got to turn that thermostat up and Then, you know, the, the, the question is, okay, well, Pat, how, how do we raise that bar? When we see that person, how do we elevate that person, expect more of that person? And that goes back to how we started this conversation. You know, um, there's things we want to do that we're afraid to do because of the fears of the unknown, failure, loss, judgment, all of those things. We've yeah. got to lean into those fears, lean into that perceived pain. Go first, be okay with whatever happens, knowing that's part of the discovery process. And every answer we need and want sits in there. We've got to lean into it. And that's how we start to raise that thermostat and beat that, that stalemate that we got going on. I love that. So I know you have this uh, challenge coming up. Can you tell a little bit more about this challenge? Yeah, so we got a challenge coming up. Um, and what I do is I, I grab people, we coagulate everybody together. This this challenge is just going to be a five-day challenge. And we pick one thing that we want to 
alter in our lives. And it's a little discovery process. Like what is the result you want? Why do you want that result? Because the why is important. So not enough why behind it, the results not worth it, right? We got to understand why we want it. What is the result? Because the result we got to be able to measure. Now, what is the behavior that has to be changed in order to do the work to get the result, right? And, and you know, when we look at behavior and, and the, we'll bring in the word habits, right? Um, we're not going to create a new habit in five days, no doubt, but you'll have the skills to do it and you'll have the launching pad. You know, we, you can look at anybody's life and know ex- exactly what their habits are in life around their around money, around finance, around behavior or, or, or physical activity, around relationships, just by looking at them. You can, it's everything we have and everything we do and everything we It's a habit. <laughs> yeah, it's a reflection of our habits yeah. and habits are just repeated behaviors. So well, let's just get to the root. Let's Let's put away everything else and just get to the core of change, change our behavior. So I have this little part that we do inside this challenge where it says, listen, instead of trying to make the the habit better or the behavior better, let's first establish the behavior. Let's just show up. Let's make a behavior of showing up. And once we do that and get that part right, now we can start tweaking it and making it better. People go to our gym all the time. Like, oh, I want to start working out. And so today I'm going to start keto and fasting and no sugar and take all these supplements and work out twice. I'm like, time out. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's very interesting because people, when most people, when they think about habits, they think, okay, I need to have an exercise habit or whatever, but it's the habit of a certain behavior, right? I think that's spot on. That's amazing. So then you show up in every situation like that and that makes it easier to change. So Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. That that cliche, how you do anything is how you do everything. The way I relate that and interpret that is this, right? Yeah. I I can't go to the gym today because I don't feel well, have a shitty workout. And that's not how I do it. Well, forget about that. How about the the thing, how you do everything, how you do anything is how you do everything. Be the person shows up every time, no matter what? what? I don't care if you're freaking bleeding out, crawl into the gym, do a push up, and go home. Showed up. Be that person that shows up. Start being the person that when you say you're going to do something for yourself, you do it for you and you don't make any more excuses, right? Yeah. And some people may call this selfish by putting you first, but you got to start putting you first so yeah. that you can do more for others, right? Yes. That That's part of the equation, but be yeah. the person that shows up no matter what. Then yeah. we can get better at what we do in that time. I love that. And it's it's all also about building trust, right? It's becoming easier the moment you have trust in yourself instead of feeling confident and then not having the result and then the instant gratification and that complete game. So absolutely love it. So people, if they want to find out more about you, Patrick, where can they find you? So really easy to find on Facebook, which is Patrick Precourt, right? My full name. Um, I have an e- uh, a website, uh, patrickprecourt.com. Yeah. So either one, just really, really easy to like direct messaging, things like that. Super easy to find. And and you probably feel I put a lot of stuff, a lot of content out there. People like uh, diving into this stuff. Um, yeah. So yes, really awesome. So and I will put it in the show notes. So one last question, uh, Patrick. What is the one question that nobody ever asks you, but you would love to answer? What is the one question nobody asks me? Uh, So, yeah, good question. And this is they don't ask me, but I know it exists because there's this false belief. Like, Pat, how is it that you're always so motivated, inspired, excited, positive? That's that's the question they should ask me. 
Okay. Cause the answer is you got it all wrong. <laughs> I'm not always excited and motivated, inspired, right? I'm not, um, as a matter of fact, um, a lot of my time I'm way down here, chill. And sometimes I'm even down and out, right. Mm-hmm. But I have certain non-negotiables, right. That don't rely on motivation to perform. Meaning that one of the, one of the ways we set ourselves up for failure is having to be motivated to execute. Exactly. Let's appreciate that. That's not part of the equation. We make nope. it part of the equation, but that's not part of the equation. If we can take how we feel out of the equation, right? And this gets a little into the space of emotional intelligence, right? Yeah. Where yeah. something externally triggers us, a thought and a thought, of course, tied to an emotion. When we think the emotion, we pull it up into the conscious and now we're feeling what we're thinking. And if that's not like good, then we could put us in a bad mood. And of course, the way we feel affects what we think. decide and act. So the, even though I may be in a bad mood, which admittedly I get in a bad mood, no doubt. I don't show it to the world because I don't think you, you know, it's fair to them, but I still perform in the way I have to perform. And I still do what I say I'm going to do. And I still show up at the gym, even if I'm in a bad mood, because I'm able to skip over that space. And, and, and Sina, I know you, you're aware of this, right? The, the magic power that humans have that no other mammal has is when we are triggered from the external, right? Which we all are, make no mistake, right? Animals can only react. Humans can actually, even though they get that first initial response, we can actually pause, Think about what we're thinking about. We can choose to put a new thought into the into the system here, which will pull up a new emotion into a, a con- conscious feeling. And now we can start feeling and thinking and thinking and feeling different. One that's in favor of what we want to do and the outcomes we want. And that oftentimes feel and think, think and feel, roll into acting, right? And now we're thinking and feeling and acting all congruent with the result we want. And boom, we like it or not like it. That just changed our state. Yeah, I I love it. I love it. So I'm loving this interview. Maybe we should do a part two. What do you think, Walt? So comments, we do a, a part two because there is so much value in here and i will see you next week where we will level up again thank you for listening to this episode of the vault respect for showing up and creating your next stage of life and business if you like this episode i invite you to dive deeper and stay the s stands for subscribe and share Make a screenshot right now and pay it forward and send this to five friends who can benefit from this value. The T stands for try and transform. Try the technique, at least until the next episode. The A stands for action. Action creates success. Don't stay a student when you have a code. You should try to open the vault. And finally, the Y stands for you. This is about the most valuable asset of the vault and life in general the one and only authentic you. So if this was your code, please comment and help the vault grow. Hashtag unlocked, hashtag next level, hashtag dive deeper and see you next week to level up again.